0: This is Up The Creek, the definitive Jonathan Creek podcast with your host, my good friend, Daniel Krupa, and me, Gav Murphy. Today, we're investigating a haunted room mystery with the help of Joey Ross. So, before we get to the effect, the method, and the reveal, Daniel, we've
1: got a new character, Joey Ross. Yeah. Five years has passed.
0: Five
1: years! I know. That's a big jump. I think we should proceed that that's in showtime as well. There's nothing to lead us... Well, there's a couple of weird things, but nothing leads us to believe that it's otherwise. No. Um, Like,
0: none of them have moved on in their careers, that's for sure. I mean, Jonathan's Uh, (laughs) not moved on in any sense, sadly. No. Um, But did you see... So, this... We've been kind of quoting from... Um, A David Renwick quote through quite a lot of this where he talks about how hard it is to write um, Jonathan Creek and I saw there's I wrote down this quote, which is how he describes writing Jonathan Creek Um, He described the process of formulating a plot for the episode as an agony and a torment uh, Revealing that he had stopped writing the show in 2004 partly due to lack of ideas Uh, he explains inevitably you set up a series which is all about impossibilities then to have a rational explanation by definition it's going to be pretty challenging stuff for a writer so god knows why i have embarked on it in the first place he really
1: should talk to more magicians <laughs>
0: I, I yeah i don't know i like I, I get the feeling that he just doesn't i i, I get the feeling that he doesn't enjoy it like he refers to writing this episode as a way of deferring retirement
1: um, oh, which is ch- really, really ch- odd. Cheers, David. Why does he make yeah. it sound like he's Vincent van Gogh? I know. Just the pain, the tortured artist. Yeah. Well, that's another thing
0: that he says as well. Like, So there's a couple of reasons for him making this, sh- with that, this episode was he wanted to work on something new, but he said, you know, I... I don't have many years left, so the the torture of coming up with something new, only then for, to have to pitch it and go through the whole rigmarole of it. And he was like, "It'd be years before I would see it on screen." He was like, "Whereas if I just went to them when can I make another Jonathan Creek?" He said, like, "He said they bit my hand off." I mean, uh, it I probably
1: there. explains some of the mad subplots that we get in these episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also as well to bring it back to Joey one of the thing big things he said about uh, this episode one of the main reasons one of the main draws was the fact that he was going to get to work with her um she- cuz he'd already worked with her on something else um and but again to work with her i
1: think he thinks she's a really really good talent i think she's great i think Joey ross so i think our big thing with carla brego and this has nothing to really do with um, Julius Waller's performance, is Absolutely they just no, no, have no yeah. idea what she is, what her function yes. is, what she's bringing to the table. At least from the get-go, they established Joey Ross as a young and up-and-coming problem solver. Yeah. You can give Jonathan, well, at least initially, a run for his money, or this idea, they introduce this idea that Jonathan's maybe gone a little stale early on.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, like with Carla, we saw her job change like four times. She's like fucking Mr. Ben. They didn't form a, I feel like they just didn't form a character. And also I'm not, I'm not having a go. It's not like they didn't have enough time to do that
1: because <laughs> no. they had a lot of time with Carla. Well, the, if you look back, Satan's chimney is all wasted because she's a, effectively a different character. Yeah. But yeah, so it is
0: good with this, uh, setting Joey up from the start. Uh, I mean, I couldn't work out what that TV show she was on was. It's a TV show that's telling you about up and coming blogs. (laughs) Because it felt like the entire feature was about a website.
1: Someone whose powers of deduction and truly phenomenal flair for solving seemingly impossible puzzles are beyond cool. One might almost say magical. The seriously interesting Joey Ross. How are you doing here today? I'm doing splendidly, Marcia. How are you? So it's a wicked website you've got here. It truly is. Her website is called checkreality.co.uk. Oh, God. Um, That website does work. Does it? But it now sells 3D printed objects. (laughs) (laughs) You're joking. You can buy, on there for £6.80, you can buy a Bitmain Antminer S9 Fan Duck Cooling Shroud. Oh, yes, please. Um... I I would hazard a guess
0: that BBC never even fucking bothered to buy that URL at all.
1: Check Um, reality. uh,
0: But yeah, they do that from the start. We should say as well, that presenter, that TV show, we've actually met at a party once. Um, Yeah. He's a a very good friend of a friend of ours. Uh, And I remember (laughs) being at that party and it was a lovely little garden party for our friends 30th. And kind of like not being able to place someone, but knew,
1: yeah, knowing that I knew someone. recognizable, really, yeah. really recognizable. By the end of the evening, seven beers in, interview us about our website. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, re- I do remember as soon as I found out, it's being like, I- I'm really sorry, but I just have so many
0: questions um, that I just love to ask you, is that okay? And, I- and she was very patient and very lovely about it all. Um, um, but I couldn't tell you one thing that I learned from it because I was very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> we, had a, we had a long
1: our journey home together after that. <laughs> um, so, so she's established, so the, the example of the case that we're given that Joy is solved is kind of like a domestic mystery. It's crap, isn't it? About a guy in bed with two women and <laughs> a foot being burned and then the burn disappearing because there was another woman in the bed. I mean, is the blog full of that sort of stuff? But also,
0: do you think that's just because Renwick is like, look, if I'm coming up with a good mystery for herself, I'll make it into an episode, mate. I'm not wasting it. I can't <laughs> so give a good one away. Yeah, a comment on a blog because yeah. it, it it kind of really undoes Joey's setup a little bit because it just goes, oh, here's a new character. She's really, really good at prob- She's really good at solving
1: mysteries. Then the mystery they give is awful. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's probably it. Because also, you need something that you can quickly summarize and relay secondhand without having a flashback.
0: Yeah, and as we well know from watching a lot of two-hour episodes, Rennes isn't exactly, uh, like, succinct in his mysteries,
1: is he? So that'd be quite hard for him to do. Yeah. Um, So this is weird because... I think this is worth talking about here because we're talking about Joey. She Mm. seems really switched on to certain magical thinking and principles as well. When we first examine the room, which we'll get on in a second, she's like saying, you're looking for skewed rivets and phantom joints. You very much set her up as one step ahead of Jonathan. Yeah. Or there's this idea that Jonathan's kind of gone stale a little bit because he's had five years out of the game.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think it's like either Jonathan's gotten stale or they're just kind of fed up of having his sidekick be someone that is just a bit groan-inducingly,
1: like not clever yeah. um, or not, not as equal not as him, you weight, know? pulling the weight, really. Always catching yeah. it, almost a, always a foil to go, oh, I'm stupid, tell me what I should be thinking.
0: Yeah, but I, I just think sometimes uh, the way that Renwick does write that, instead of writing, like, because I feel like the Jonathan Creek that I know and love, wouldn't see that as a threat. He would see that yeah. as something that he'd be attracted to. But yeah, or just feel like, like someone
1: to spark, someone to about someone that's on his yeah. level.
0: But I always feel like anytime we meet a character that is close to being as smart as him, he it, they're presented as a threat in the things that they say yeah. and the way that they act. And I always think that's a little bit sad. And I think like with this, the way that she's introduced and they're introduced together. It's like they're off on the wrong foot from the start. And it's like, I know you want to have a little bit of conflict between them to solve, yeah. but it, we've had that with Carla. It didn't fucking work. So with this, you need to try something new, mate.
1: It is weird because I, I'm the same as you. I like early Creek. I like Wrestler's yeah. Tomb Crew work. There's more of an innocence about him. He's not petty. He's not jealous. No. He's not mean. And you do get some of that here. Also, I don't like the, what's the idea of him going stale? He's still using that muscle in his day yeah. job all the time he's just presumably not done any murder stuff yeah for five years that like also as well he's in good nick
0: i think this is like the trimmest and sexiest we've seen creed looking for ages mm. um so he's obviously doing something right but it's just really really strange isn't it but joey is a character yeah i really liked it I time for it as you say like we have talked about it a lot but we're a big fan of Setting up a really good reason for Jonathan to do these mysteries and stuff, and it, it, it sort of presents herself that the blog that she's doing is a way of doing that. It's not
1: necessarily how it's used in this episode.: No. Uh. <laughs> that, that's how it's set up, and then what happened is just the biggest coincidence that comes through her friend. <laughs> uh, what's her friend called Mina?: Yeah, So that's the root in, so I guess that leads us on to the effect
0: yeah let's so let's talk about the effect the method reveal what's the effect
1: of the grinning man daniel at its core a series of guests disappear from an old attic room said to be haunted by the ghost of a madman so when you drill down because of all these two-hour episodes there's a secondary mystery that i guess we can talk about later but this is at the core is in this big gothic mansion called metropolis um, since the early twentieth century, seven people have disappeared when they've been dared to stay in this upper attic room,
0: and that's kind of how it starts. And then the way then, like Joey is brought into it through her mate Mina, who she sees in a play, and then who stays in that room and then disappears. They well, they meet in a in a lovely pub. Lovely little pub. Yeah, shes I think she's just done a theatre thing. So you think it'd be around like Covent Garden Way maybe? Yeah. Like just off
1: Soho? Um, I think one of the biggest mysteries in this episode is what is going on with that um, order she does at the bar. Oh, she yeah. Get, she gets a bottle of Grolsch and half a pint and yeah. there's some missing from the bottle, some drunk from the pint. So I thought she poured it into the pint. And then her ter- mate turns up and takes one of the drinks. It's like Is, that, is yeah. that two drinks or one drink? Later on, when she's speaking to the hobo-looking dude, who she thinks is Jonathan, that
0: is a o- strange order as well, because she's holding a bit of a pint and then, give me another one of these.
1: So really, yeah. r- I don't know what's going on. That's my this. bit of lager. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do love those big bottles of Grolsch. <laughs> yeah, with the pop caps. Yeah. You know, you can get like really, really big ones of those. Um, how like big stupid like you need two hands Callens. to pick them up yeah good times maybe just yeah. being in pubs having a nice time uh, <laughs> um so yeah that that is the uh the effect but then we also then have another mystery going on
1: which is yeah so like, there's so many different characters so in the present day um mm. the home that the metropolis is owned by a guy called lance gessler who's a modern day magician yeah. His aunt, grandfather, Jacques Futrell, was a spiritualist, but also seems like he was a conjurer as well. And he's, yeah. he was like, that's what we get in the prologue Prologue flashback. Yeah. In the current day, the secondary mystery is Lance Gessler's wife, Elodie, Um, mm. they see her being murdered. Yeah. And, but she seems to still be alive because there's a tape that is given to them, which shows oh God, her being yeah. filmed that day. That's yeah. the secondary mystery.
0: Well, let's do the method of the room because i i actually think this is really good um yeah. and basically the ensuite bath in the room is rigged with a counterweight that lowers once a person is inside dropping them into a concealed water tank to drown so there's elaborate ways the person who designed the room has come up with to
1: make sure that someone takes a bath um well yeah on those this nights. one yeah. which is weird Because the idea is when they... So the one that they reveal in the flashback is when Eli Menkin sleeps in the bed, he depresses a concealed mechanism that drops ectoplasm onto him in the night.
0: That's right, yeah.
1: In the present day, Jonathan sees this mechanism because when he presses the bed to test it, flies fall out of it. Yeah. He never investigates what that mechanism is. No, that's true, actually. This is for a man that is intrigued by mechanical apparatus. Yeah. Why does... If I pressed a bed and flies came out the ceiling, I'd be going, How the hell does that work? Do you know what he it probably is? It. What? It's it's because they
0: haven't worked out how it could work as writers. So <laughs> yeah. as the actual writers of the show don't know how that would possibly work. So they can't have Jonathan work it out
1: because they haven't worked it out. But it's weird that he doesn't he flags it as weird. it's weird to have a character acknowledge something that's weird but just go, yeah. mm, look into it. When that is actually yeah key to the solution yeah because I also feel like that
0: apparatus doesn't really need to exist other than the fact that it, Jonathan's attention needs to be drawn to it because I think if you were doing that if that's how you would you would make in that happen you would just have a little hole in the because we've established that that room isn't where it is so mm. if you were the person who was doing that elaborate scheme you would just poke a hole in and drip some stuff onto them, you know? The yeah. apparatus doesn't actually need to be there, other than the fact that it needs to be actually quite... Uh, like a, an innocent person needs to use it, which yeah. is kind of odd. Um, but also, if I was lying underneath a big circle, because uh, it looks like quite a big opening that ectoplasm is coming out of. Um, and I think that that's almost a thing for me as well that I've written in, Does not Make Sense? Because if I was getting covered in flies and spiders, the last thing that I'm doing is having a wash
1: yeah. where I'm going to be still and they could, they could be climbing all over me. It is strange because, yeah, you, I wouldn't get undressed in that room. Oh, well, I wouldn't no. sleep in there in the first place. Yeah. And secondly, you're right, you wouldn't get naked and go, yeah, that's, this is great. This really old, dirty bath. I think yeah. it works better if you just go, it's morning time, it's a nice room, I'm going to have a bath. Yeah. Or a shower. Yeah, because I guess, like,
0: in the olden times, you would be having a bath, right? Like, yeah. At, it's the just morning. weird in
1: modern day, I think, to have a bath in the morning. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. There's no reason for her to have a bath. And also, this was constructed, though. We can go through some of the clues. But this was originally constructed because Jacques Futrell was yeah. a mad anti-Semite. Yes. And he wanted to murder Eli Menkin, who yeah. was Jewish. So he wanted to make sure he had a bath. But then the six other people that have died in the intervening years yeah. are possibly, you know, more people, they say more people have stayed in that room. Some of them yes. just didn't take baths in the morning. Yeah, So it's almost a selective bias. they got seven people die. It's because they're the only ones that took baths in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I do generally really like, and I like the hypotenuse of like the false ceiling. And I like all the sort of mystery thing. I really like how it's presented by Jonathan as well, where you really get the sense, and we haven't had it for a while, um, of... Him having the clues, but not being able to work it out. Um, I did miss uh, the pebble. What was the pebble?
1: So, um, Constant Gessler, when she... Mm. This is um, Lance Gessler's mother. Yes. When she's recounting um, Eli Menken going missing, she says she saw a small pebble on the floor. Yeah. It turns out that's a bit of soap. I don't understand why that's... I think this idea that when he slips under, this bit of soap goes flying over the room... And it's to imply that he had a bath. I think they're trying to hide the idea of, the, of him washing.
0: Oh, of course. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. It doesn't really work, I think. Because when they go back into the room, Jacques Foutrell hides this little rock, but he's actually yes. hiding the soap.
0: So, but people
1: are but like, oh, sense. he used the soap. <laughs> he used the soap, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, bath would be just wet. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. think he needs to. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird little thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it entirely works. Um, I do think the epiphany of Joey's bad back Mm. is probably the most exciting epiphany because it's a race against time to save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the most dramatic epiphany Jonathan's ever had. It's also as well... There's a, It actually sets it up because from the start she's got a bad back,
0: and she says in the theater, "Oh, it's all right. I'll have a bath tonight. That usually sorts it out." Mm. Um, they do. They do actually set it up quite nicely, even though it's a bit obvious. <laughs> I actually, I don't, I don't mind it. Like the second to, when I watch this, re- like for this, when she says, when she says in the theater, it doesn't feel like cringe or anything like that. Like it actually feels yeah. real, um, which I kind of like.
1: I think um, again, it goes back to your point about you have to figure out some way of having a person in 2009 having a bath. Yeah.
0: Which is hard, isn't it? Um, But I guess I do. But at the same time, I like the mystery of that room and I like how creepy looking at it from the outside is and trying to work it out.
1: Is that a CGI house? Yeah, it looks awful. Yeah. It it looks like a drawing. It looks like a a crayon drawing. At one point, I thought they were going to do some mad reveal more Mm. like like break <gasps> apart and like 3d it actually, i actually have her, have her in it yeah um because it is like to be fair when she falls through i think the water tank looks great it looks really yeah. creepy and horrible well that's
0: and the also as well, her reaction it as well because she's like properly crying yeah. i know she has just seen her best mate killed in a water tank don't get me wrong
1: it is disgusting that water tank
0: bit yeah don't like it at all don't like it at all So the second mystery then we've got is like they kind of suspect uh what's his name? Lance Gessler. Lance Gessler. They kind of suspect Lance Gessler from the off. So they kind of Joey's tracking him, sees Elodie killed, and then we there's a we we've established that there is a fake LED, uh like a dummy LED around for some tricks anyway from the start. Um so they so then there's this big Weird mystery of the fact that they've definitely seen her dead, but then when the police turn up, it's the dummy again. They obviously know that that's not true. So there's doubt from obviously from Jonathan and uh, Joey because they've seen her dead. Um, they kind of this police are silenced by the fact that this tape turns up, which appears to show Elodie alive at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, like put, and they drop the case. I just have to see in this video. Yeah, which I think it, is really, really
1: weird. Yeah, it's, it's submitted by a Japanese family. And Jonathan <laughs> says, we'll get back to that. Um, yeah. Submitted by a Japanese family. And there's a copy of today's newspaper in it. So it yeah. proves that Elodie is alive that day. Yeah. But then we find out that this is a part of a mad scheme by mm. Lance and working in um, with a lady called Delia, yes. who works for... Um, the local newspaper to construct this entire thing to fake LED's um being alive yeah so the reason that she can fake the newspaper is because delia works as an editor on the local newspaper and she creates the story that's going to run that day by unleashing some bees at a local council meeting yeah and the big (laughs) clue for this is when Dealey turns up at the party Lance goes oh you brought some of that delicious honey with you yeah scrummy honey (laughs) and the epiphany that leads to this is Jonathan's looking through the paper that day and he notices this huge story has been relegated to page three and there's an additional thing about a David Hockney sub-epiphany because David Hockney's most famous painting is The Big Splash so it gets really overwrought. this one it is over. It is really. Like does he need? Does he need the David Hockney thing to realise
0: that? Yeah. Third that, story that's all, be on a, the front that's page. all a bit strange. That is
1: when they add that in as well.
0: But also the thing that I really like about this, I actually don't mind the bees thing. Right? I think this is obviously nuts, and I do like Jonathan's. Like, how do you know what's going to be on the front page of that thing? Because you write the newspaper. I don't mind that. They establish that, but and they establish how they've done the front page, the back page. They,
1: he just goes, well, they were almost certainly going to be knocked out of the cup. What? No. Well, no, 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 it's more than that. Because he says that, but he says, you probably also f- filmed. So that's the thing that makes you think that the paper is more convincing. Yes. But he does say in his summary, he says, you probably also, um, he says they most certainly get knocked out. But you probably filmed an alternate as a cutaway just in case. It's like, no, that's too much. That is. <laughs> it's almost like going one extra. Because as an audience, you might figure that out, but you go, well, they couldn't fake that bit. Yeah. And then Jonathan goes, actually, you could as well, because you probably, you could edit it. But also, like, just
0: don't show the back page in that thing. That man works for you. Just have him be reading the back page. So he'll just be having the front page up. Why don't you just do that? Like Weirdly. you carve out, it makes it so messy. I think it's because think because yeah. then it adds all in the David Hockney thing as well. That entire section becomes a little bit too overwrought, and you take a couple of things out of it, and you're like, oh, that's actually quite clever. And the man is a really, really famous mag- magician. He's selling out the fucking Hammersmith Apollo. It's fine that he comes up with something like this. What's
1: well, so um, the David Hockney, a bigger splash thing? It's weird because the main story has a prominent painting as well. Why yeah. do you need another bit with a painting? Yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's all a bit wild, isn't it? The thing that I, I find really strange about this episode as well, and maybe I missed it. I'm not sure. One of the main characters is seems to be a very, very famous magician. Mm-hmm. Jonathan doesn't really acknowledge the fact, and like the whole Jonathan Creek show is based around the fact that he's a magician's engineer and he spends all his time with the magician and that's his job. So. But there's no like when he meets Lance. There's no like, oh, I know you, or there's no line about him knowing Lance or Lance maybe being aware of Adam or Jonathan or anything like that, which we it's... have had from other magicians
1: before. Well, in Satan's Chimney, um, yeah, but because he that offers a bit Jonathan, it's strange. It's weird that it, there's just no conversation about it at all. Also, yeah. I think it's weird that Lance's mum, who works with him on the magic show, is mm. also mad into spiritualism. Yeah. What is that ideological framework? <laughs> oh, oh, also, just a wider point is they, um, with Elodie's death, I like how they wrongfoot the audience with just the mad explanation going, he's probably performing an emergency tracheotomy. The, the most <laughs> violent one you've ever seen. And, and I feel like if he was, he would tell you that well, that's what Also, I know if you're doing a tracheotomy uh, uh, on TV, you've got to have a BIC. And you take out (laughs) the pen bit, and you break it in half, and you stick that, and you blow through the bick. Also, in the middle of all this,
0: Elodie and Glenn, the handyman, are getting married, are they? Uh,
1: This is the thing. I like the core mystery of the room. There's a lot of elements here that get really tangled. For instance, relating to Glenn, is Mina, Joey's mate, who, when she goes missing... They never called the police. Yeah, that is really strange. They only call... Uh, her friend is missing, presumed yeah. dead. They never called the police. They called the police after they see Elodie being murdered. Mm. But not for her mate. I feel like uh, they're worried for a little bit about her friend.
0: Going to the theatre. Like, yeah, they went <laughs> to the theatre. They're just hanging out and going for dinner and stuff like that. And it's like, I feel like they are not taking it seriously enough,
1: but taking it seriously enough that the entire fucking episode is based all around it. It's really bizarre how a friend just gets glossed over like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But to go back to what you're saying with Glenn and Mina, mm. they Mina it's like overly sexualized from the get go. Yeah, just get her up. So it silly. gets Glenn up to the room, yeah. um, and then there's like he's like into it, and then she he's like i don't i don't want to do this because i guess he's with elodie yeah and he's dead against her staying the night in the room he's really yeah he's really scared of it and then she goes lock me in and he goes yeah all right yeah (laughs) it's a really weird turn from him he's like you definitely shouldn't stay in here it's weird i hate this room and he goes oh okay i'll lock you in (laughs) what yeah that whole thing is odd as well because if
0: you are betrothed to elodie and you're about to marry her why are you taking that
1: mina up to the attic yeah i, I think that, that whole subplot exists i guess to give lance motivation for murdering her that's why that is though right yeah 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 this is obviously an extreme reaction anyway but <laughs> yeah. i'd like that's why that whole thing exists is just to give this idea of why he does it i guess He's just a mad character anyway. You know, like, he barely talks in all of it. (laughs) Yeah. He hasn't got many lines. It's really strange. Um, Oh, Delia, is that some of that delicious honey? Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those big
0: ones. (laughs) Also, as well, it's just like another British fate coming into it. You just be like,
1: why are they hanging around at such a small looking fate? Like, Paul said this in his garden. What is that? Somebody's just gone missing in your house. I know they've not called the police, but this is not a crime scene. Well, I think... (laughs) Some of it is played as if Mina is
0: like a this weird prankster and she let, that she would do that, which is I, obviously just... And then that is enough then for them just to go, all right, that's fine.
1: Because uh, I forget, what is the whole thing that she says to Joey in the pub at the beginning? She's go, I've heard about this madhouse, let's go. No. So they're on their way to
0: a party. So she says, do you want to come to this party with me? There's going to be a load of talent there. Um... So they're on their way to a party, break down, and oh, then end up yes. going to this
1: thing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Cuz they're not even meant to be there. I love when she gets there, just instantly clocks Glenn. Right. Even that, like in the
0: car, she's like, "Oh, hello, Glenn."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so strange, man. Um in the reveal. So that's the thing, right? The se- I the thing that I feel about this episode I think there's some good stuff in it. I, and But I think, again, we're getting into that territory with Jonathan Creek and David Renwick. This does not need to be two hours
1: long. No, the but room then... stuff, it, it. you could lose so many of these subplots. Yeah, I I feel like... I don't need Elodie form... dying. I feel like you can lose all that. Absolutely. That's before you could... we even get onto the Adam Clow stuff. Yeah. Ugh. But I feel like you can lose all that and you've got a really tight, good
0: mystery here because yeah. the way that he set it up yeah it is stupidly elaborate that room but it's one of those ones a stupidly elaborate to the fight that I'm like I'm impressed with the effort that, that's gone into it I'm not going oh for, as if yeah because
1: it is a gizmo and that is a thing that we have you know said that we don't like but it serves a purpose yeah um, I think it's it's also got a nice if it's an hour it's got a nice third act of you know, third act, they stay in the room together. And then you've got yeah. your ending. It's just nice and neat, I think. Also, it seems a shame not to spend more time in Metropolis, which is a cool Jonathan Creek location. Yeah. Very much in the vein of House of Monkeys. One of these kind of gothic mansions in the British countryside.
0: Yeah, because do you know what's really sad? Once you introduce... Like, Mina has been murdered, but she's been murdered by the room. But once you introduce an actual, the actual murder of Elodie you almost like stop caring about the room. Yeah. Or you're, I think you're meant to stop it, caring it about the room. It makes it
1: present. Well, when it's all revealed, you go, oh shit, there's an accidental death. Yeah. Which I like the idea of this house murdering it, uh, murdering her. Or I also like the idea of Jacques foutrell's creation, murdering people after he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is a really cool Gothic idea that the house is evil and killing her. But then yeah. when you say there's a, a present day murderer, completely overshadows it. Yeah, and you just don't, you stop caring. And it's really sad because I do care about that room more than I care about Ellie dying. I'm sorry, Elodie. It's also like, we haven't even touched on it. All the other stuff that happens, like um, the ransom money. Oh, yeah. Going to the house, seeing the person in the hooded jacket. Yeah. Like that, That's a lot of time like wasted doing stuff like that, like capering.
0: And it's kind of framed in the sense of, uh, Lance's mum is basically she thinks she's being punished for something bad that she did, which was saving the painting of the grinning man from a fire. Instead of saving, yeah, who
1: is who is it? That I think it's an elderly relative, like an uncle. Right.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. And so instead of saving him, she saves the painting, and then she said that she's been that she th- thinks that she's basically being punished, and that's why she's given birth to a monster in Lance. What? Like that all comes at the end, and you're just like this is such a weird little scene.
1: I, I Again, I said it earlier, her character is strange to me because yeah, maybe you can accommodate both, but she's so superstitious yeah. for a character that has a good inner work. Like she works on her son's magic tricks with him.
0: Mm. And that's why like you do kind of get her and Jonathan talking a little bit. Like it's a really nice scene with them in the car where it feels like there's like two equals working stuff out. Um, mm. Because she knows that he's, he's worked out that the person who owned the house was an anti-Semite. Um, she, she says in a mad way. Uh, she says anti meat, which I don't know if that... I, th- I thought it was Semite, but she says in a very different way. I'll let her, you know, she saved a painting. Let her say what she wants. Um, that's the, I think a lot of it does work, I just think, because you're going to frame it up in a two-hours thing. But maybe the two-hours thing is just the BBC going, yeah, you can come back, but we want a feature length. Because
1: it's going New Year's Day
0: and we've got fuckers yeah. put on. <sighs> It's, it's just too much. You can't pad it out for that long. And it's really strange though, when you hear and you read all these Renwick quotes about him saying how hard he found it to write Jonathan Creek. If you find it so hard, why are you just adding all this mad shit into it? Like, were you just not able to go, I can give you an hour quarter. I'm not, but I, I can't give you two hours.
1: Well, that's the thing They go. We don't want an hour unless you can do six of them. So I'll do a special every three years.
0: Yeah, because I don't even think as well. It's like, you know, sometimes when we watch these episodes and we've come to the conclusion, whether we're right or wrong, we come to the conclusion there's like, this feels like three ideas yeah. that couldn't work by themselves as episodes. So he's put them all into one episode. This doesn't even feel like that. The LED thing doesn't even feel like that, really. Like, I know the newspaper thing kind of works into, like, the trick I, thing.
1: I, I don't... But... Th- yeah, I just don't think it's... The LED stuff... You wouldn't bat an eyelid if that was in another mystery show. Yeah. Because it's just creating kind of a weird... Imp- it's not magical enough. I know there is no. an a element of deception in there. But yeah. I don't think that's straight up Jonathan Creek. It's not... The effect isn't strong enough to be magic. No. That's the thing. They, in Jonathan
0: Creek, there is an element of deception, but that kind of deception is usually more at home in stuff like Columbo and Murder, She Wrote. and yeah. like You'd be like, that is banging if it was in that. Yeah. <laughs> but in this, it's just a bit strange. But uh, uh, similar, though, it is too weak to have its own episode in Jonathan Creek, not in Murder, She Wrote. But I'm not saying Murder, She Wrote is bad. It is fucking brilliant.
1: Okay. I am not too proud to admit, I am now so out of my depth.
0: Okay, we've had the effect the method, and the reveal. But there are other elements which make up every episode Jonathan Creek, including the Victor Meldra Award for Most Unbelievable Scene. I don't know where we we put in this now because so much of this should be in Grot Cabinet. That all right. That will put the 3D porn stuff
1: into the Grot Cabinet. We'll talk about that, I reckon, in that. I think that definitely should be in there. I think... Yeah, um, yeah, because that's slightly different. This has to be just the... An outrageous moment of implausibility that just wouldn't happen in real life.
0: Yes, which is but, which means we are putting the 3D porn in it. I do need Candy Mountains and her balloon breasts to be in the Victor Meldrew thing, though, because I think that is straight up Meldrew. Because I'm so confused by it, because I don't know how fake breasts are made, right? I do
1: know that they are not balloons that can pop like balloons. Yes. I do know that. I was really confused in that scene because I thought, oh, they're they're actually not surgically enlarged. Yes. They're inserts in a bra. But then she says, I need to speak to my surgeon. It doesn't make any sense. That's how a child thinks fake boobs work. This is the thing. So this
0: is exactly what I've written. I've just written like, who is this show for now? Because that is how a child thinks fake boobs are. I think that's they what I thought I yeah. yeah. That is literally what children think. But it's a porn star giving you that information. So this is not a show for children.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So where is this coming from? Who is this pitched to? What reality is... What is the reality of this show?
1: Honestly, it was bending my mind trying to think about it cuz it kind of plays if it's a blow up bra or something stupid like that yeah but she definitely says surgeon i just feel like even if they were if it was a blow up if it was balloons or whatever whatever they've used
0: for them you've got like you would know like you can't have balloons taped to your front without someone knowing that they're balloons and like the noise in the mix is a balloon popping what's to find out i got enough tricks and angles to keep
1: this one alive for as long as oh I can. God, no! My God, does that... Um, Do you look at that? Oh, it's okay. Don't worry, it has done this before. It's like when the elasticity or something, it just suddenly goes in the implant and it all just collapses. It means I'll have to go back and see that bloody surgeon again in the morning. Anyway, uh, help yourself to bread rolls. You are right. The, the, the show is saying that's what breast implants are yeah that's inside of her that's part i think he,
0: do you think renwick is just the i the more i think about it the more he's starting to become like jack holiday now where i think he's just really old-fashioned for this time because what's this 2004 was it? Mm. um where I, th- I feel like people should know what breast implants were but renwick's getting on at this point and
1: maybe this like mm. he is putting jack holiday-esque uh, jokes in because he thinks they they'll play well. Sometimes you die, Jonathan Creek, or you live long enough to see yourself become Jack Holiday. Exactly. <laughs> so I I feel like that is going to run away with there. I've got a nominee. Okay. Because I think I'm I'm up for giving that the Mel Drew, but I think just in terms of just a flabbergasting moment mm. is at the end Nicola flying to America to end up and get married yep. to Joey's boyfriend. I've got. That's the other thing I've gotten it as well. Where does that even come from? I had to rewind the episode to check it out. It's yeah. it's the bit where they're at the theatre together, and um, I'll tell you what—fantastic FaceTime in two thousand and nine. Yeah, <laughs> Used use prominently, and then you realise the reason it is used is so Nicola can see what Joey's boyfriend looks like, right. and she just kind of looks over and goes, "Oh, he's all right." Ah. Uh. But then to fly all the way to America to meet, to it, Miami, and all yeah, in, to get married. How did she get his number?
0: I just couldn't see the steps that you go to. But also, as well, like she seems quite nice, and like he seems like a bit of a shit. Is really, really odd character. They but
1: fobbing her, yeah, stringing her along constantly. Yeah, isn't he?
0: but at the same time, like this is just so mad. And it's just, I just, I, I had no idea what was happening other than the fact that I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay, we've got 90 seconds left in this episode and you wanted a good ending for it.
1: I guess they wanted to, an additional thought perhaps, but I know this doesn't go to series with Joey mm. Ross in it, but in one swift move, you've got rid of both love interests. Yeah. But I don't know if that's even the reason why.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, it, Obviously, solves a problem, but obviously, bearing in mind, one of the problems was set up in this episode where Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan meets his girl, I'll again. get onto
1: that later yeah. on, but that's... <laughs> but Candy Mountains?
0: Yeah, Candy Mountains, but I think, like, just for mind-bendingly, what is happening, the girlfriend running off of the boyfriend thing is also quite good, to be fair. I hmm. um, <laughs> think that's dated the most, I've put... An entire TV feature about a website.
1: <laughs> what is um, it? It's like BBC Click 2009.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking BBC Click these days. i to tell you. Um, but it's E3. so strange. The world's <laughs> It's so strange, and even like the way she talks about it with Adam. She's like, it's got really funky demographic. Funky
1: demographic. Oh, yeah. as it. Also, Adam doing his own adverts.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, Yeah, that's really, really, really odd. I kind of didn't get that. But also, I couldn't work out what that TV show was. I have Um, no idea. Joey acts very strange in it as well. Like, she does this mad little turn, and she's got one of the biggest cups of tea (laughs) ever. Sports Direct style. Yeah, it's like this big pipe mug of tea. And she looks so happy with herself. Um, I think that. Uh, I think, weirdly... A bit of technology has dated the most because I those the video chat that she's having. I think I'm pretty sure they obviously didn't have we didn't have video chat like that in that in that time. So you can tell this because Alec is leaving is doing a video chat as if he's leaving an answer phone message. Mm. They're not conversations. <laughs> Yeah. It's written so badly.
1: And the fact that it doesn't have any UI that you would associate with a normal video chat. There's no picture-in-picture yeah. picture of Joey, for instance, which no. you would just have as standard. So
0: yeah, that is in yeah, it's strange because a bit of technology, which it, at the time would have been seen as quite modern, is the thing that's dated the most. Like the depiction of it is the thing that's dated the
1: most. Um, um, it's kind of strange. What have you got? Sounds mean putting this, but I think Joey Ross's outfits, very early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a reference to Max Headroom. Nice. Jonathan calls Joey's boyfriend Max Headroom. But my most uh, yeah. dated thing that's dated the most is um, describing Djokovic as a young emerging talent.
0: Well, this is the thing. So I, I looked this up because I, cause I was like, I wonder if that is talking about Djokovic, young Serbian. Oh, yeah, because I guess he had beaten. He's like, I guess he doesn't start getting to be quite really, really good until like 2007. Like so, maybe yeah. Wins his first Grand Slam
1: in 2008. Beats Federer for the first time in 2007. So 2009 is before he wins. So from 2011 onwards, he's pretty dominant. Right? Okay. Yeah. A lot of Grand Slams. Um, Um, That's
0: pretty good. I like that.
1: But such an odd thing for her to say. I love that. That's used as the analogy to describe Jonathan Creek as Federer and Joey Ross as Djokovic.
0: Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Really, really strange. Uh, that's all I've got for thing stated the most. For most British thing, calling someone a poor little
1: sod. Sod. <laughs> what is sod? I don't I didn't know. even know what that is. Well, I know that like, I don't know if it comes from it. a sod is a piece of grass. Right. But I don't know if that's why we call people sods. Yeah. I'm going to look it up.
0: Yeah, sod. I just never, I just never known what that is. Um, again, just another mad British fate. Like we had Danny DeVito of the last one, and it, it feels like they're pitched in a similar way. I just, I don't understand what these big magicians and big stars are doing in these big fates all the time. Um, it's really odd. What have you got for sod? What's sod?
1: It's actually not very pleasant. I didn't realize oh, this because no. there is sod, which means a a surface of the ground, a piece of turf. I think it might be a contraction of sodomite. Wow. Yeah.
0: My mum used to call me a poor little sod or little sod.
1: But that's the thing. Words can get so far away from the original. It's not necessarily invoking that. Yeah. Or or she knew. knew. (laughs) Scavling. A little sodomite.
0: (laughs) I also got uh, Nicola driving like a beaten up old four Fiesta. That's really nice. I think
1: that's a great little detail that Jonathan still doesn't know how to drive. Yeah. And also when he gets to the crime, he uses his lock picking skills again. Oh, I love that. It's like, here are the things you, you know him for. You can't
0: put it in every episode because it would be too much. But yeah. I do like to see yeah. it now and again.
1: The cheese sandwich should be more than two episodes, though, if it's a thing. Uh, similarly, for throwing cards as weapons. Um, yes, not be. all the time, but in an emergency. I don't
0: want it used as the button for every episode, but I would like it used, please. That's, that's
1: all I'm saying. Or just Or just at the end, him turning out a light or something with one. Yeah. It <laughs> um, doesn't have to be lethal always. Um, most British thing I've got is when they go to Candy Mountains for a dinner party, they use a bed for coats. Ah, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Why? Uh, why? Yeah. I don't know that, why that is, yeah, but that is I feel like good. it's a very British thing.
0: A couple of good pubs in this as well. Grolsch is quite British, even though it's not a British made. Um Just, I don't know. I've It, it feels like... I've never seen that really in America,
1: like widely used
0: in America or anything like that. It's like um, the late
1: 90s, early two thousand, when I guess more European beers were being marketed to the British market.
0: Yeah. Well, for sure, when I worked in the pub, the big big sell of it was the fact that you popped open the bottle yourself and it was cool it had a cool little top on it that you have to like boop and it made like a mad noise that was a huge sell but yeah like and we had like Grolsch was really really big but i just i feel like it's just not big anymore at all really no and as crap like bog standard lagers go
1: it's pretty nice yeah i don't even know the last time i saw a Grolsch in a pub
0: yeah, it's odd. Next time I see, next time we're allowed to go in a pub, and I see gross bottles, I'm definitely getting one.
1: But it's the first time we've known that there's a pub within walking distance of Jonathan's windmill. Yeah, I don't think we've ever known, like, been shown. because there's a panning shot. And I don't know if they fake it. I, I think they might. They might do. It does a panning shot, and then you see um, there's this little village nearby.
0: Yeah, I feel like that. I've well, like I've been to that windmill. There's not a pub there. So that is yeah. a faked up shot.
1: And it's not the town he goes to the quicksaving. It looks different. It's, that's bigger.
0: But also, imagine living that close to a pub. I mean, I don't live that far from a pub, to be fair. But I mean, you... yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. That pub looks great, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> it is wild how close I live to a pub, actually. But still, um, yeah, that is that is that that is really, really strange. I do like that. Uh, that. Good pubs, though. Good good outside area to that pub. Very,
1: very nice. I think it's interesting she doesn't recognize him. It just shows you that he's not as famous as maybe we thought he was, or in that way that he had a small blip of fame and yeah. it's just disappeared in those five years.
0: Yeah, it's been five years. And like, I don't even know how old she's meant to be. Yeah. Like you assume she's meant to be like mid 20s, maybe.
1: So she probably
0: wouldn't even give a shit about yeah. Jonathan's career.
1: Because eyes um, and ears, we established, never became a thing. No. It almost seemed as if his thing wasn't even used he was famous from the maddie McGillan books but then that's a long time ago now in the reality of the show that's like 12 13 years
0: yeah but i guess like adam is on telly and that production office that you see him in a couple of times there seems like it's the same one as eyes and ears is is but that's probably because it's the production office for that show to be fair and they were just using it but so it seems like klaus is uh fame hasn't really waned too much well, He's
1: still on telly
0: but yeah um you've got that really as you like we see it pop up now and again where you feel like you see renwick's real words coming out where he's having a go at like the on-screen interaction and stuff mm. um and you feel like oh you really think that
1: <laughs> absolutely but, oh, but what is weird about Joey's meant to be proficient And I think this is him Writing about the internet She's meant to be Good at the internet She goes mm. looking For Jonathan Creek And she hasn't Searched for him So she does yeah. What he looks like That doesn't make sense No it doesn't Because It's just for the joke Of buying the homeless man In the In the in the Pub Loads of drinks Yeah
0: Which we'll kind of Get onto in a bit Because I've, I've put that In the kind of Like the little romance bit Because it just Did my head mm-hmm. in um, But that's all I've got For uh, most British thing um, f- uh, Is that alright Hi ho. Um that whole thing, like with Snow White um and I mean, the seven dudes, yeah, uh, and they're all black and they roll her a joint. Uh, Happy. And they all sing, Happy and rolls they all sing or a joint. Yeah, and they all sing Hi Ho. Like that's not
1: alright, is there? No. Um, um similarly, I think this is I think that Renwick is doing this intentionally. When Candy Mountains is making them dinner, she makes mm. Putinesca sauce which right. means whore's pasta. Aww. In Italian it's a mistranslation originally, but it means whore prostitute pasta. And he does Aww. like Renwick has done this before with people who work in sort of yeah. a sex workers just being quite cruel to them.
0: Yeah. Also, I mean that entire bit as well, like having an Eastern European dude with a gun, like pull a gun on Adam.
1: What the fuck was that scene about? That's insane. But it's pl- it's just play for laughs though yeah she's like if you ever hurt her i'll kill you
0: it's really odd like that's not a strand that goes anywhere
1: no it's a bit it remind me a bit of um the kenny being yeah. part in another episode with um the human trafficking yeah but also, it's something quite uh, serious and sinister yeah. just played completely lightly
0: she is taking him for a ride. So uh, the whole dinner, the whole flirting with him, that is taking him for a ride. So I was like, oh, maybe that's her actual husband or boyfriend or something like that. But if that was happening, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't be there that night because
1: that could scupper the yeah, it's scheme. Yeah, make him more convincing. Yeah, because it could give him doubts. It could go, oh, actually, I'm not going to get involved.
0: That's just wild, that
1: was. Um, we talked about it a little bit, but I
0: think, yeah, just not bothering to phone the police. Uh, after the disappearance Ever. of yeah. uh, of your friend. I mean, there's lots of stuff in here that we've already talked about that isn't all right for New Year's Day. Like, all the family sitting around. Like, there's lots of stuff that's not all right there. But I did actually think the uh, when Joey goes down into the water, not only just the nudity and you
1: basically see it all, but also, like, that's a really grim
0: scene. It's scary. That thing. is.
1: It's, it's almost, it's the same um, staging as the scene with Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street, where she goes into the bath and then stuck below. Yeah. It's it's a really hot, scary image if you're scared of anything that's claustrophobic or water.
0: Yeah. And like Um, seeing all the different bodies in varying degrees of decay and then seeing her newly drowned friend, you know, like, it's fucking disgusting. I thought that was really, really off. Didn't like it at all. Uh, Um, What have you got?
1: Like a bit of racism.
0: What was racism?
1: Um. So Jonathan describes the type as being from a Japanese family, but they refer right. to as Wei Cheng, which is a Chinese surname. Oh, last. So good. there's two things there. I guess playing on the stereotype that Japanese people are always videotaping stuff. Yeah. And then also just not recognizing what an Asian name is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not good. I've also got another one. Is it all right how Jonathan just strips off and gets in bed with her in the room? Just very weird behaviour. It's not very. I guess he, yeah, it's kind of strange. I guess so they like, don't really know he's... each other. No, and he, and she he is shocked by it as well. And she and he says giving you the willies. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it just feels weird. a bit inappropriate from, from yeah. a man who is a, quite a bit older than her. Yeah. Yeah, that's not. It make because, well. like you say, it he makes her uncomfortable, and he doesn't yeah. stop.
0: <laughs> he just gets in bed. All right, let's open up the fucking grog cabinet. <laughs> what? The 3D porn, man. Like, when they put it on, when they put the glasses on and they are watching that scene, I don't... Like, Jonathan looks like he's about to crack up. I don't
1: know how they did that. I don't know what? how you act that. But also what's offensive about that scene is, like, they don't understand how 3D works. No. Because they're looking to the side as if it's coming out of the TV. Yeah, for magicians, and,
0: and on for a magician and an engineer, it's really not on, is it? It's um,
1: very strange. Yeah, it doesn't need any of it. I think it's disgusting as well. It doesn't need any of it. Adam describes this when 50-inch jugs hit the lens, you duck. What? The way that he chats about
0: sex anyway is disgusting. But I think it just, like we talked about, there's a lot in this episode that
1: doesn't need Strip out all of that straight away. It's as disgusting as word as well. But when they're watching 3D porn, Adam doing the motorboating thing. Oh,
0: yeah. It's just so crap. Who's that
1: for? It's really... I think grot is... That is such a good definition of what I think grot is. Yeah. It's just needlessly pervy and weird.
0: Yeah, it is weird. He doesn't need it.
1: Also, Adam Adam talking about sexual stuff like he's never had sex before. Forget about bras. You wouldn't get those in a hammock.
0: Ugh. What? I know it's meant to be part of his character, but I feel like just after this many episodes, it just gets a bit much. Like, mm. what we had, about maybe 20 episodes of this particular guy. And it's just it's just too much sometimes, particularly in an episode that's two hours long.
1: It's also weird that it's five years later and he's still like this. And that Jonathan tolerates it. Because jo- Jonathan goes along with the 3D porn thing for a little bit. Like, he puts it
0: on, he goes to the set. Um, but we kind of had Klaus changing into that a more sort of David Blaine-esque uh, character last time. What is, what's his role now? Like, cause it feels like he's just gone back to doing... Yeah. magic on s- I think on that TV. almost
1: implies that he's not really changing what he was doing there. He's trying to stay relevant it's quite desperate man yeah going I'm going to do this not that I genuinely want to do it I think it's cool I'm not going no. with anything original I'll just do whatever that keeps me in the public eye yeah I mean the, fucking the stunts BBC he does is still well. paying for him yeah They're still getting him on there it's,
0: it's really odd really really odd um, do you got anything else for Grot Cabinet I well to be fair I have wrote Mina in there like, just the way she is in general. Just beyond a joke. She really uh, wanted to go to that pie. Well, there's a lot of talent there, mate, so... Uh. <laughs> She'd had one sip of Grolsch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's anyone's. <laughs> to be fair, I'd be exactly the same, so... Um, <laughs> have you got anything else for cabinet? Nope. All right, let's shut that up, then, for God's sake.
1: <sighs> we
0: move on to the Jonathan
1: romance update yeah i think it's Um, digging into jonathan a lot more actually
0: yeah so first off we've got really got a couple of updates here so things obviously went from bad to worse with carla because she's now lying about him being dead Mm. um but the only but the thing that i couldn't work out here is nicola and nicola and jonathan seem to have had some kind of... So, I don't... Yeah. ...past, but through Carla? I, so, uh, I I really can't work it out?
1: Yeah. This is what I also can't work out. So, it's five years since he's been on TV. Yeah. He didn't attend Carla's 35th. That's no. when Nicola finds out that Jonathan has died. That's what Carla says. Yes. So, is Carla's 35th, presumably, after Eyes and Ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is she lying about Jonathan being dead? She's with Brendan. Because she hates him. But we don't leave him on that note. So we're meant to infer maybe it built to something. Yeah, I think so. But also why is her best one of her best mates interested in Jonathan? It's fucking weird. And Jonathan and, and, seems to be into her.
0: And it feels like they've done something as well because it feels like he was they've had some kind of uh, past, because it's really strange. Like it feels like they go from running into each other to being almost like a married couple very, very quickly. And I just think, Uh and I just think just get rid of all that and just have her, just have him going out with her.
1: I think it's weird, because it is weird that scene where they're just getting ready for bed as if they're a established couple for many years. And it's also weird in the context of Jonathan Creep because the thing we've known for Jonathan is him spending years not ever getting to that point. So we've never had those scenes. So what I think comes through in this episode, and I think it signals where Jonathan's heading in future episodes, is that he has this realization that he says, you know, these two mad women completely mucking up my life. Yeah. So he's almost a bit more desperate to, not desperate, but, in, but ready to get things going in relationships yeah, yeah. rather than just umming and aring or wanting something cerebral. Yeah. But it's yeah, weird no. because I think that's also him not being involved with these women is also been, for so long of his adult life, been linked to these crimes. Yeah. So the idea of not leaving that life behind almost means leaving these kind of women behind to him. Yeah. Because he, he talks about trying to, the crimes destabilizing his life and him trying to get out.
0: Mm. I don't like the way that he refers to, like, refers to Carla, the character, as much as you want, because she was awful and wish it didn't happen. I don't like how dismissive he is of Maddie. He doesn't even and say he her says, name. Just as pissed off to the States. Her predecessor. Yeah. Her predecessor. Oh.
1: Dude, you can't talk about Carla and Maddie in the same breath. Well, also referring to women in your life as a predecessor. Yeah. He can't even say her name. I wonder if that's, you know, if you wanted to like go too deep. He's like, he yeah. struggles to say her name. Yeah, because he, he actually, that's the one that meant a lot.
0: But it is, re- the, the whole Nicola thing is really odd because it's been five years. I feel like you could quite easily establish that he's in a relationship and a little bit bored. And then that is why Nicola would maybe... Be a little bit more threatened of Joey, and you yeah. have that dynamic, maybe. But it feels really strange for Nicola to be
1: threatened by Joey. I mean, they kind of do that in a future one of these with Sheridan Smith. Oh, do they? They start with him already in a relationship.
0: Oh right, I kind of don't. Yeah, I can't um, remember. So probably. they
1: kind of already do that. So it's it's this weird um in an ah R ring. And I also yeah. think what underlines this is, I don't know if yeah maybe they do, but wondering what kind of dynamic they want to have with Joey and Jonathan yeah
0: because that's the thing you know it doesn't have to be a sexual relationship it doesn't have to have that tension yeah. because we've had that with his other um like lady partners and it's been crap mostly and it goes nowhere why not just here have two people who you know have similar interests similar ways of thinking about things equals in that respect and that's and they just enjoy each other's company
1: for the mystery I think it's this- it will, initially this will sound like a dismissive comparison but it's not mm. if you know the comics a bit more a Batman and Robin thing where yeah. she's going to learn a lot from him to get to the yeah. point where she can go off and do more of this on her own yeah yeah she's, I could see that they, they could have completely different types of conversations than he's yes. ever had with Maddie and Carla
0: I mean it doesn't feel like that that's where he's going no. because from the start here the they set up that little mix up where she thinks he's a, he's a hobo as a as a really really big point of conflict um and like he's really fucking pissed off about that um and he should be pissed off because she hasn't done the research and looked him up but he's really pissed off about that so when they meet each other they're already at loggerheads and yeah. it feels like they've known each other and i i just feel like he uses confrontation as uh, a short as a shorthand um for relationship, and you just go between a man well, that, and a woman, yeah, yeah, that's their relationship now, and it's really frustrating because it's just like I don't think he can write male and female characters that
1: aren't just mildly miffed with each other all the time.
0: Also, makes, it does my head in
1: uh, well, Victor and Mel drew and his wife, um, yeah. but it's also it makes her look crap, yeah, it after, really does. After we just establish it, she's great, yeah, so am I meant to she's good at detection or bad at detection he does that quite a bit as well like there's a bit when
0: he's in the car when he's talking about david hockney and they almost give her like a little maddie line where she's like almost a bit pissed off him. She's like, are you going to share any of this with me at any point? And it's like, no, you wouldn't be like that. Like, that's not the character you've started writing here. So why are you making her act like a completely different person?
1: Because, yeah, another point, she gets the St. George's Day clue before Jonathan does. Yeah. And I think, works th- all out. I think yeah. what you could be doing, if, maybe if you knew, maybe, if it just had more of it, where she knows about things he doesn't know about. Yeah. Because she's younger. And then suddenly, your point of tension isn't personal, it's generational yeah yeah and that could be a cool thing but i think it just does lapse a little bit back into the standard
0: it's fucking easy to write that isn't
1: it i do like the generational stuff is good but there's a good line where she says um you don't want to end up like indiana jones chasing the nazis with a bus pass one that did end up happening to indiana jones sort of and also yes it does happen to jonathan creek yeah (laughs) <laughs> is, i do really like her line
0: because she she basically gives him a little jonathan line which is you're looking but you're not seeing when she works out the saint
1: george's thing i was like oh i love this but, also jonathan's idea about what that is is mad it's really yeah. crap <laughs> yeah. it's stage um, and the a's
0: run off what <laughs> but it, i think what makes it really strange as well is she's quite young but is pitched up with some fucking douchebag in his 40s, who's like he feels like mm. he's like some business dude. We'll um, check out
1: what the age difference is between them.
0: And I just, I don't know, I feel like it's, I don't want to say it's lazy writing, but I, I feel like it is just quite, it's not interesting the way that he presents this relationship at all. And it's also, it's nothing new that we haven't seen. And I think it's a blown opportunity because you do have the opportunity here to have someone who's they treat he treats her in a completely different way and there's a warmness to it do you know what i mean like there's a really nice opportunity when they're in bed to show them connecting differently you know mm, they could yeah. be talking about the mysteries they could have a really lovely conversation about their favorite famous mysteries or something like that but what they actually do instead is just end up mildly miffed at each other for the yeah. for the night why not have a really nice scene there where because they've got to wait up all night. Why not have a really nice scene there where they're talking all night about cool tricks and stuff like that?
1: Or well, you could admit it, where yeah, the fact that she's completely clueless. What about if she grew up reading the books and yep. she goes to, and she's asking questions about, oh, what happened this? How did you figure that out? Almost yeah. a bit of a nerd, where she's yeah. learning yeah, about yeah, yeah. and he's reminiscing and he's obviously flatters him a bit. But also, the Jonathan Creek I we know that, well originally doesn't have a massive ego. No, And it's weird that he's given one sometimes now Or he's made to be vain Yeah it's odd But he's never been vain I feel like it's a really really missed opportunity But what
0: is the age difference between them? Uh, 15 years It's quite significant then isn't it? Yeah Which is why I think like you don't need to Like you've you've given us Renners, You've given us 24 episodes of Bitey confrontation with women And
1: you fucked that (laughs) So give us something else 'Cause I think if we again if we use real world time as in show time, Omega yeah. Man when the height of the Maddie McGillen book fame and he's doing mm. signings, he's about 30 thirty-ish, thirty-two. Yeah. She would have been one of the teenagers going to get a book signed. Yeah. She would have gone for a sticky bun.
0: Yeah. Look. So you
1: could have almost I guess it obviously this thing, we're thinking about this way longer probably. But you yeah, could have absolutely. sketched her as one of the Jonathan Creek fan club. Yeah. Because And that would imply why she's gone on to set up this website. Because if you were a fan of that, you would seem that's quite a logical thing to do rather than knowing nothing about him at all. <laughs> Can we write Jonathan, or Jonathan Creek? <laughs> Should we write uh, that? A spec. Would you write a spec script
0: and send it to BBC? Like, no, we're fine, thanks. (laughs) Can I
1: tell you about a guy I I first worked with at IGen who was a huge, huge Columbo fan. So much so he wrote his own Columbo script and it was meant to be the final Columbo story. Right. It was was called One More Thing. Oh, that's good. I not
0: it? I don't know if it was any good, but I like the title. Well, I think, like, um, weirdly, in... I don't I'm not sure how much it happens anymore but definitely in the 70s um in the 60s and 70s when Star Trek like Star Trek has a really good history of bringing on writers who would just send in spec scripts for episodes I think they did it once or twice and then obviously the floodgates open and they end up getting all kinds of stuff but there is some history there of that kind of thing happening um I'm not saying that we do it and I'm not saying that we could do a really good job, but if they're biting Renwick's hand off to bring back Jonathan Creek,
1: why would not they bite our hand off? I'm up for writing one, just so I can say I wrote a Jonathan Creek episode.
0: Or writing one, just so you can go, oh, actually, it's really hard. Or we write an episode that is literally everything that we've been saying that we dislike. It's just loads yeah. of <laughs> deaths.
1: It's like loads of additional deaths going, and that's, uh, yeah. Or oh, basically, I, re- I read about this magic trick in 1940s <laughs> yeah. b- Italy, and I wanted to get it in some way. Uh, oh, we had too ma- we had too
0: many ideas for the one episode. Uh, I and completely understand why they need to be two hours. This one is four hours. Um, hopefully the BBC are. Right I'm texting it. you at two a.m. Gav, how do you work in a <laughs> parrot? <laughs> On the next episode, a woman is possessed by a Victorian ghost beneath the Judas tree. Up the Creek is produced by RKG. We make podcasts and videos about games, movies, basically anything fun, including 23-year-old BBC shows about a magician's assistant who lives in a windmill. If you'd like to find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash RKG.
1: Do you know there's a place called Jonathan Creek in Kentucky? Did we talk about this on the first episode? I'm not sure. I can't remember because I know that's it. I was saying. we should go there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably just for a photo shoot, just for to launch the podcast. Well, I mean, we should definitely go to the windmill. The windmill. The mother red cap in Archway, even though it's not the right one.
0: Like, I wonder if the windmill people would just be like, can we just come to the windmill? For fuck's sake.
1: Can we live it's... in your
0: windmill? I won't say that I went there before and she shouted at
1: me, <laughs> Don't but... say it for fuck's sake i feel i feel <laughs> can like we come to we, the windmill for fuck's sake
0: because if it, like i don't begrudge her shouting at me because i was trespassing on her fields and like i'm sure it doesn't happen a lot but <laughs> it's probably not still not cool is it for people mm. to do that so i could kind of see her point um but also at the same time let me look at your windmill